0: To, to not really be committed or maybe not want to go all in, but there is actually a lot of things that, that's very negative, uh, such as marriage. That would be something that would be negative, all right? <laughs> Will you marry me for about half of my life? You know, be, like people are going to turn around and walk off because that's not what it's about, but we want to be all in. And when it comes to God, our relationship with God, well, there's, there's really not another choice. Right there's, there's really not another option. And, uh, and so that's really what we're talking about this month is going all in with God, going all in with the church. Come on, this is the body of Christ. And, and uh, I hope that you agree that it's very important to be committed to what Jesus gave his life for, right? Come on, it's important. And so, so we're talking about a lot of different things. Week one, we talked about uh, next steps. We talked about taking our next steps in the local church. Everybody has a next step. Uh, and then this past week, we talked about our relationship with God, going all in with God. And if you remember, we talked about many people knowing, knowing Jesus as a Savior. We like to talk about that. Come on, y'all. Like the grace of God. I mean, he is so good. Like God is so good. I mean, you know, we're, we just, we lean into that. But a lot of times we don't like to, to do the whole Lord side. We talk about Lordship. He is, he is Savior, but he is also Lord. And, uh, and both have to be uh, together. He is Lord and Savior. And this week... We're going to be talking about generosity, going all in with giving and with generosity. And now, look for many of you, you just were like, "Oh, here we go, here we go, talking about money in the church." You know what I'm talking about? And uh, and 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 I really hope that through today's message that that would be changed for some of you. You know, especially if this is your first time here, you're like, first time here." We're going to talk about money, right? Uh, we we really don't speak a lot about money, uh, it, it probably. Not enough. Because as we're going to learn, Jesus talked a lot about money. He talked a lot about what we do with our money and why it matters. And so, so we're going to be digging into that today. But I want to bring you in on, uh, on the, the scripture that we've been using each week to kind of lay the groundwork for each message. And it's out of Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. And it says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life. Place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. I think we should print that up and just put it on our, you know, on our mirror every morning whenever we get up. Don't just, just fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. These are just some great scriptures. That's out of of the message paraphrase. And uh, just some, it's really worded well to kind of lay the groundwork for what we're talking about Take your everyday life, like everything that you have to offer and lay it before God as an offering, as a living sacrifice. And so, so this is what I wanna say before we get into really the meat of it. Everything that God designed, the devil has distorted. All right? Everything, sex, money, right? drugs and rock and roll, <laughs> but everything, God created rock and roll, uh, you know, no, well, I guess, yes, actually, at some point, if you trail it back far enough, but everything that God designed, the devil counterfeited, and he distorted, it. even wonderful things that were really acts of worship, he distorted it, and it became selfish, and it became about us, Right? That's, 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 that's a huge mindset that we've got to have going into this thing today. Everything that God designed, the devil has distorted. And my goal is to explain to you the proper mindset and motive in living a generous lifestyle and also some practical application of how that may look in your life. And so, so, so just remember, God created money. God created all of these principles. So let's look at it from the proper standpoint, from the biblical positive standpoint today. And the first thing I want to talk about when it comes to generosity and our our possessions, our money, is our mindset is so important, that our mindset is proper. And I want to ask you a question. This is the question that that I want you to answer just internally, okay? You don't have to answer it out loud. Do you look at everything you have as God's or your own? Out of the bat, just think about that. Now, I'm not talking about right now, because right now, all of you are like, well, of course, it is the Lord's. It's his money, it's everything I have is his. I'm talking about like Thursday night, whenever you weren't like primed for church. You know, you're just thinking about life. Were you looking at your books and just saying, oh man, my money, you know, and, and, and fretting about your money, or maybe you're looking at your portfolio, it's your portfolio, right? It's it's what you've accomplished. I'm talking about in those moments. Is it your stuff or is it God's? And I want to make this statement. This is how, as believers, we should look at it, is that God is the owner, and we are the stewards. Huge mindset shift right here. God is the owner, he's the author, right? We are the stewards. God owns it all, but he has trusted us with his creation to steward it well for his glory, okay? Everything that we do, Every day that we live ultimately is for the glory of God. That's what we believe as believers, okay? That's what we, we put our life into. And this, this is really lordship. This, I mean, this is where the rubber meets the road, okay? What do we do with our everyday life, our time, our talents, our treasures, our abilities, our resources? What do we do with the things that we have? And so the question leading into today is, how am I stewarding the life that God has given me? how am I stewarding it? What am I doing on a day-to-day basis? And, And one of the first things that we have to look at is our motives when it comes to generosity, when it comes to giving, when it comes to the things that we have, our motives in this process. And there's really two motivations when it comes to how we steward our money and our possessions. Number one is generosity. That's one motive. Number two is greed. All right. And honestly, we're operating in one or two of these, all of us. You're either, you're either you're living your life in the vein of generosity or you're living your life in that area of greed. And, and it's, not, it's not really based upon where you're putting your money. Because I could be putting my money in a certain whatever, organization or whatnot, but my heart not be fueled by generosity. The Bible talks about being a cheerful giver. I could be an angry giver, all right? <laughs> kind of like the guy that brings flowers to his wife, and he's just like, I know that you want these, so here. <laughs> no, if you've done that, you need to repent today, all right? That's terrible. What would the lady do? She'd be like, thank you, and she'd smack him in the face with him, and then they'd be messed up, but... Uh, Why? Because that wasn't a generous, loving, romantic thing. It was out of guilt, out of greed. You know, it's just the wrong heart altogether. But I think a lot of people, they're like, here, God. And God don't like angry money. He'll use it. (laughs) All right? You know? Oh, man. But he doesn't like it. (laughs) He loves a cheerful giver but you got to check your motives. Now, this is what I want to say. I want to say, God created us for generosity, all right? God created us to operate in generosity. The devil devil has duped us into thinking that greed is the better route. Why? Because generosity generosity functions out of faith. Greed functions out of fear. Faith and fear, y'all. And let me tell you, fear is not from God. Just side note, in case you didn't know that, all right? God hasn't designed us to operate out of fear. Let me show you in the scripture what it looks like, how these two veins play out. First Timothy 6, 17 through 19. This is kind of the generosity mindset. As for, this rich, as for the rich in this present age, by the way, most of us in this room are really on the whole grand scheme of things. In this earth, we are rich. You hear me? I bet everybody watching, everybody, we're really not that worried about where our next meal is coming from. And if you are worried about where your next meal is coming from, come, come after church. We don't want you to <laughs> go hungry today, all right? So Therefore, you don't have to worry about where your next meal is coming from. Come on. But most of us, that's not even on the radar. We're thinking about how much we're going to eat, okay? That's actually where we live. He says, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches come on, isn't this positive? Isn't this good? Isn't this like big picture living? Like be generous, ready to share. And then he just breaks it open into the eternal value of living this generous life. So that's kind of in the generosity lane. But let's swap over to when Jesus talks about what it looks like whenever we live in the opposite. Jesus says, but if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? O you of little faith, talking about being scared about what you have or don't have or what tomorrow brings. He says, you're not operating in faith and do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried for all the nations of the world seek after these things. And your father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom. And these things, they're secondary. They'll be added to you. That's the easy part. Okay. Fear not. Again, he talks about fear. Little flock. And I don't know if that's a condescending reference or what, but little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give to the needy, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Jesus just, he just puts it all out there, right? Right? He puts it. He almost makes you feel a little bit foolish for being afraid of all of those insignificant things, those temporary things that we place so much value on. This is what true generosity is. True generosity is giving without any expectation to receive. If you ever give somebody something or or, or give money, put money in a certain place, and you are kind of expecting a kickback, you're not a, you're not really operating in true generosity. Because true generosity just says, here you go. I don't care if I ever get anything back. Pastor Mike, in, in our Wiggins campus pastor, he always uses this illustration. And um, he, he says, you know, a generous lifestyle is one that lives life like this, hand open. A greedy one, hand closed, right? See, it's easy to live a generous lifestyle whenever you know where it comes from. When you know you've been freely given something by God, it's easy to freely give it, right? Come on, talking about the mindset here. talking about how we approach generosity. So important that we live life with an open hand. Not without wisdom, but with an open hand, okay? So let's talk about giving and generosity in regards to our money. I wanna say this, how we steward our money reveals our theology and knowledge of the word. I really believe that. How we handle our money, how we invest it, how we, how we steward what we have, reveals a lot about our theology. How we, how we understand it, how we understand God's perception, his teaching on stewardship. It's kind of like how we behave is how we believe. It's kind of like that mindset. <clears throat> And money is such an important topic in the Bible that it's the main subject of nearly half of the parables Jesus told. A lot of people don't realize this. Watch this. The Bible has 500 verses on prayer, fewer than 500 verses on faith, and more than 2,000 verses on money and stewardship. Come on. Do y'all think we talk enough about this? Probably not. Probably not. 15% of everything Jesus ever taught was on the topic of money and possessions, more than his teachings on heaven and hell combined. Why? Because where our money's at is where the rubber meets the road. See, we can't measure a lot of things. We can't measure compassion, right? You can't can't measure that. I could be standing here and you could just say, wow, he's a compassionate guy. You have no idea what's going on inside my, my heart and my mind. You can't, can't really measure faith. You can't measure these things. But you know what you can measure? Where you put your money. So there's like numbers, right? Math. We can do math. And I think that's why we don't really like it sometimes, because you can actually begin to measure it. Why? Because there's a fundamental connection between our spiritual lives and how we think and handle and steward money. I like what Charles Spurgeon said about this. He said, with some Christians, the last part of their nature that ever gets sanctified is their pockets. <laughs> oh, man. See, whenever somebody else says something really, like, harsh and, like, like, digs in, everybody's cool with that. If I say it, you're like, who's this guy? But Charles Spurgeon said it, everybody's cool with that, <laughs> right? How about Martin Luther? Okay, not not Junior, but like Martin Luther the Reformer, okay? There's another guy back in the day that he did something very important in case you don't know, Martin Luther. There are three conversions necessary. The conversion of the heart, the conversion of the mind, and the conversion of the purse, all right? And so by him saying purse, obviously he's talking to women. And um, (laughs) so it's just obvious there that... He's just saying, man, it's a problem we have in our society. <laughs> no, he's talking about man purses as well. You know, it's just the pocketbook, the money. He says there needs to be conversions of the heart and the mind and of the money. Proverbs 3.9 says this, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Honor the Lord. Today, I want to ask you as we move into this next part, to uh, maybe kind of undo some of your thinking, undo some of the, maybe the things that you've read and you've seen when it comes to nonprofits, when it comes to churches, when it comes to uh, people handling money. Guys, look, we have no trust when it comes to money anymore. We don't trust our government. We don't trust churches. We don't trust, trust pastors. And I say we because like me, I, I, I read the same stories that you do, all right? And I, and I know the uh, misappropriation of funds and, and, and the things that we've seen. And, and it's just, especially with the internet, it, it seems like there's almost more people handling stuff wrong than right. But I wanna ask you, as we head into this, let's just kind of, let's peel back. Let's reel it in. Let's reel in our fear. Let's reel in our doubt. Let's reel in all of these things. And let's just first, first approach it from a biblical standpoint. Say, okay, what, do, what does God say about it? What does the Bible say about stewardship and generosity and giving? And that's what I want to do. So in the Bible, you're going to see three categories of giving. All right. You're going to see tithes, which tithe just means 10%. So if you see that word, it's a 10th. Okay. You'll see offerings, which is anything above 10%. That's what offerings are. And then you'll see what we're going to really categorize as just as charity, which is the voluntary giving of help, typically in the form of money to those in need. Okay. So roughly these three categories. Okay. And, and by the way, I, I want to go ahead and remove something. Um, whenever you, we talk about generosity and giving, we're not talking about penance. It, 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 there's like this whole concept that if I give money and stuff, it almost offsets unrighteousness or like I'm going to pay money to offset. Something. That's not true. That's not biblical. And that's not how this thing operates. And so if, if maybe that's where, maybe how you were taught, go ahead and just put that to the side. But uh, I want to ask a question, okay? In, in giving of 10%, let's just say, let's just say 10%. I'll, I want you to imagine something right now. I want you to imagine if every person on the face of the planet that made money gave back 10% of what they, of what they took in. I'm talking like lost, saved. I'm just talking about humanity, okay? If, if everybody took 10% and put it right back into some sort of organization or to the poor, just straight up, just gave it right back. I want you to imagine the landscape of our society. Just take a second. Just, I mean, it, everything would change. I believe that if we did that, that poverty, many diseases would just disappear and hunger would be eradicated and that the gospel of Jesus would permeate every corner of the earth at an unprecedented rate. I really believe that. I believe the whole landscape of what we see, this stuff that we, a lot of people believe that the government should do, right? I believe that the government would like take a step back and be like, (laughs) like it's, it's so overwhelming, we can't even touch it. The generosity of our nation is just taking care of its own I believe other nations would be affected immediately. I mean, you guys know, and you've probably read about diseases. I mean, just even a couple of decades ago that were huge situations that now, they, anybody hardly knows about them because people were generous. People gave of their life and these things have disappeared. I just, that's something that's just, I, I believe is, is not only something that we hope for, I believe it's something that God actually designed. I believe that generosity was God's original design for a healthy economy. Come on. Sometimes we're barking up the wrong tree, y'all. We're praying for our government to get fixed so that all of these things will disappear instead of praying that the hearts of people would be changed and be like Jesus. And out of that all of that would be fixed. I'm telling you, it's a completely different mindset. So in America, I wanna give you some stats about how generous we are as a culture. And I say that very sarcastically. <laughs> Americans give 1.1 to 1.4% of their yearly income to various causes and charitable organizations. Isn't that wonderful? We're so so good. That number has declined by a full percentage point in the last 10 years. Do y'all think we have a greed problem in America? We're one of the most wealthy nations, but yet we're becoming one of the most greedy. Surely Christians are better though, right? And by the way, all the stats I'm about to say are not us. It's other people. It's other Christians but not us, all right? So pressure's off, don't even take it to heart. We're talking about them, not us, come on. American Christians give 1.5 to 3.1% of their income to churches and other charitable organizations, and that number has dropped more than a percentage point in the last 10 years. We're moving in the wrong direction, all right? We're moving in the wrong direction. Now in regards to, to giving to the church, four out of 10 church attendees give nothing to their local church, 40%. Not here though. And only 10% of regular church attendees give a consistent percentage of their income to their local church. Just a consistent percentage to the local church. And, uh, and only 4% of church attending Christians give a 10th. So that's kind of the reality of the landscape as a, as a whole with our nation. I'm going to be honest. I don't believe, I'm I'm being serious now. I really don't believe that all of those stats apply to this church. Uh, We have a generous church. We have a lot of faithful people, I'm telling you. And so, uh, but as with anything, I think that it's important to talk about it and to discuss it and say, okay, what areas uh, maybe can we get better in? Now, in in regards to the 10th, because if you've, if you've been in church any amount of time, the word tithe is like a demonic sounding. Okay. It's like tithe, but it means the 10th. Okay. And a lot of people, they look at the word of God and they say, man, God, God made people give 10% of what, of what, I mean, the fruit of their labor. You guys know, we already have established the proper mindset, but it's God made them give 10% and God wants us possibly to do the same still today. That's that's, that's outrageous, and, and, but I, w- I want to challenge that with j- just mindset, which is, isn't it amazing that God lets us and let them keep 90%? <laughs> isn't that, God is so good. I mean, he is so generous, right? <laughs> of course, we don't like to think that way, but I'm just offering a different point of view. Uh, I mean, that God, it's almost like your kids, you know, you give them an allowance and they're just like 20 bucks. Seriously? I'll take that back and you get zero. All right. How how you like them apples? All right. So now for those of you who maybe would like to know where in scripture tithe is mentioned, we just have some, some quick slides that I want to put up real quick. We actually have three of them. If you want to take out your phone and, and take a picture of them, go ahead and put that first one up. So so if, if you want to take a picture, by the way, you can go back later and check these out. Uh, but it talks about the first tithe. You'll, you'll see the first mention of it. Progresses all the way through Deuteronomy where they're tithing for festivals. Again, I'm not taking any time to really delve into this because you'll see why I'm mentioning all this in the first place. So uh, go to the next slide. It talks about orphans and widows and sojourners, which is visitors, and bringing in the tithe and and. And you go into Malachi, that's where you're going to see the scriptures that a lot of people preach on, robbing of God and the testing God and the tithe, bringing in tithe to the storehouse, which is, was the tabernacle or the temple and really kind of correlates to the local church nowadays. And then go to the last one, so it's where the New Testament comes in and Jesus talks about, he kind of, kind of flips the script a little bit, and starts talking a lot about generosity and giving. And he mentions tithe in Matthew 23. But what you'll see is when he mentions it, he's talking to Pharisees. By the way, it wasn't just 10 percent; it had gone upwards of 23 and even 25 percent when you tack on tithes and offerings and all the things that were going on back in the day. There was an expectation that you would actually give much more than 10 percent. So, uh, if you would have gone back in the day and talked about 10 percent, there were that's not enough, <laughs> you know. But but anyway, uh, we don't operate like that nowadays. But but at this time, that was that was the mindset. And Jesus goes and says, "You guys are so meticulous with how much you give. I mean, you measure it out like, but you don't love people. Like you've forgotten about the weightier things that that really actually matter more than how much you give. But you're 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 focusing on things that." That do matter, but aren't the biggest things. Like those should be the easy conversations, the easiest of being generous, giving. But you're forgetting about love and justice and mercy. In the end, I want to read this to you. In the end, tithing wasn't something Israel did in the same way we mindlessly toss a gratuity down with our bill at the restaurant. It was an intentional practice through which God intended to teach Israel about His sovereign ownership of everything. Instead of being consumers of their blessings, they had to stop and think through just how much blessing they had. Now listen to this. Through the tithe, God took care of his people. And through the act of generous giving, God continues to bless his people. See, I I look at it like this. The, The Old Testament, there was the law. There was a lot of structure. It wasn't a lot of being led by the Spirit, okay? The Holy Spirit wasn't, you know wasn't guiding people into all truth but but there was this kind of a rigidity to it and then Jesus came like with a lot of things and he fulfilled a lot of parts of the of the law or all of the law he 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 just changed the whole landscape of stuff and so in the same way that that in the old testament they might have said hey um as long as i don't you know physically murder somebody i could still really hate them internally and be very angry with them. Jesus came in and said, I'm telling you that if you even get angry at somebody in that way, you've already really committed that in your, in your heart. You've already committed that sin. He raised the bar when it came to adultery. He said, some of you are, are thinking things and, and going places in your mind you shouldn't go, and, and, but you're good, like you're good. And he said, now I'm gonna change that. I'm gonna say that if you even lust after somebody, even look at them, you've already, you've already committed that in your heart. I believe that with giving, it's the same way. He removes some of the, maybe the the number system around it that we so love to to lean into. And he, he actually upped the standards when it comes to our heart. I think this is such a big deal. I think this is such a big deal. Because can I be honest with you, as humans, as people, we love rules, we love numbers. Because once we do that, we can check it off the list and we're good. Whenever Jesus brings a whole different concept... He says, generosity is who you are, and wherever you go and whatever you're doing, you live out of that, that lane. Some of us, we have a consistent way that we give. Maybe on the way out, we drop 20 bu- bucks in the, in the bucket, and we're like, we're good. And then we pass by the person on the street who's sitting there, and they have nothing, and we don't even, our heart doesn't even, like, pause. It's not generosity. That's not the heart of Christ that's checking something off a list. Luke 16, 11 says this. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? Jesus is just saying, guys, look, money and what you have and how you steward your stuff. It's just kind of like phase one or just a test to see where you're at in your heart. He said like, there's something so much bigger than that. But you guys know the parables of the steward and how, how God thinks about stewardship. If you're not faithful with little, he won't give you more, right? Let me tell you something, if you don't steward what you have when you have a thousand bucks in the bank account, or a hundred, depending where you're at, okay? What happens when you got 10, a hundred, a 1 million? It's gonna be the same pattern. It doesn't matter how much money you make, it's about your heart. I'm telling you. Sometimes we discount things because of how much money we make or how much we don't and God's not really worried about that. He's he's looking a lot deeper than that. See, as we go all in into Christianity, this this is where lordship starts getting really tested. Does God really, like if if God puts something on your heart, will you write the check? I'm not even talking about the church right now, guys. So if you're thinking that, you can go ahead and undo that. I'm talking about whatever the Holy Spirit leads you in. A few years ago, me and Nadine had probably been married for a year or two, something like that. And um, uh, when we got married, both of our incomes together made it to where we could actually live, <laughs> okay? We didn't make a lot of money, and, uh, but together we can, we can eat. <clears throat> and um, a few months in, she lost her job, and uh, that freaked us out, because it's like, <laughs> we can't pay our house note in two months. And, um, um, and, and just so you know, I mean, we've always been faithful in giving, and, um, but we went to a conference and we were at the, at a low point in our finances and uh, I'm sitting there and they did the whole like offering thing. Okay. Where, where they, they showed some videos of people in, in Africa who were trying to plant churches and they needed bikes for these guys to go plant churches. And so it was this big, you know, what some of you would be, you might consider it to be a sales pitch. Okay. They did that. And, uh, and of course I'm sitting there like, okay, 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 whatever. And then at the end, the guy said, Hey, look, no pressure. Just want you to pray about maybe what God would lead you to give to this. This is for the advancement of the gospel, but you know, no pressure, if you don't wanna give, that's fine, but just, hey, pray. So he prayed and, and you know what I did? I actually prayed <laughs> and I prayed and I said, God, what, um, you know what? I don't really have a lot to give right now, but what? And uh, I think it was either 40 or 50 bucks. I wrote a check and I put it in there and, and God is my witness. I didn't put it in there with this whole concept of like give to get, I didn't. I just gave some money because that felt like that's what I was supposed to do. I wasn't coerced, I didn't feel like this guilt inside if I walked away, like I was gonna be guilty. No, it was just like something welled up in me to do that. And um, it wasn't a few weeks later that we had an envelope of cash sitting in our mailbox. And I don't know, it was a few hundred bucks. No idea who, no idea how. Maybe somebody was just stashing it there, I have no idea. (laughs) Like right, like running from the cops and just like, You know, I mean, who knows, man? All glory to God, man. I mean, what? (laughs) And um, I want to say that I'm not a big prosperity message person. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to stand here and say, if you get sow a seed, if you do all this, that God's going to like pour out. No, I think there's a lot of people that abuse that. But I'm going to say that God is faithful and God is good. And and if you believe in the scriptures, what it just said, I mean, we'll believe in the the grace and the forgiveness and all these scriptures, but when it comes to him saying, hey, look, I'm gonna provide for you everything that you need, okay? Don't worry about that. Worry about the things that really matter. This should be just obedience out of just just what we do. Not giving to get. So I I think we have to undo some of this greedy mindset and this fear and, and how we can't even talk about it nowadays in the church without people getting, getting all defensive and weird about it. And, and I think it's, honestly, I just think it's the enemy. I think it's the enemy. If Jesus talked a lot about it and we can't, what does it say about the current state of, of where we're at? So then we spend our money, we spend our life on things that just really don't matter. So how does this look? Let's keep moving. How does this look? We're almost done. How does stewardship look in the context of the local church? Now, I kind of just want to dial it in a little bit to, to, to us and to the context of Northwood Church. I want to let you know, as, as a church, um, we steward money well. Uh, we, you know, we have three different locations. We have uh, about 28 acres of land. We, we have buildings and all this good stuff, and we're debt-free. And so there's a, a principle that we have used for many, many years and it, and it really could be boiled down roughly to the 80-10-10 principle, which is 10% of, uh, of reserves or saving for, for individuals. It'd be like savings for, for what we do. It's reserving money, 10%. Uh, 10%, we straight off the top, give right back into uh, kingdom work, missions, planning churches. You guys see a lot of things that we do uh, in regard. And when I say we, by the way, it's we, okay? It's not like, there's a line somewhere, no, it's we, the things that we do. And uh, we support a lot of local missions, global missions, and uh, it's just right off the top. It's, it's to plant churches, it's to move the kingdom of God forward. Um, and then 80% is what we use for operations, staffing, facilities, future vision, uh, um, <laughs> maintaining facilities. Uh, just so you guys know, we have to replace ACs in this building very soon. It's just like five or six thousand dollars. It's no problem. <laughs> Try eighty or ninety thousand somewhere up in there. Uh, how many of you guys would come back to church next week if you knew there wasn't going to be AC in this room right here? Come on, just show, yeah. Oh, the faithful few. Yes, sure. Maybe we have honest people in Wiggins. No, right? We, you wouldn't come back the week after that, should I say? <laughs> sweating profusely. We're having AC problems in the north lobby here, and hosts are just like, welcome to church. <laughs> so glad you're here. Anyway. But because of faithful people who are generous and listen to God, that's, that's you know, we've been able to, uh, to not only help other, other churches and other organizations move the kingdom of God forward, but um, but that really equates to people's lives being changed. Salvation, freedom, marriages being healed, a community being affected for Jesus. And that hasn't really changed since Jesus came. It was all about the glory of God. So that's kind of how we do it as a church, how we do it as individuals. Now this is where it gets a little bit personal and I'm not gonna meddle too far. But number 1 I, I kind of want to give you some suggestions and maybe some things to do if you're if you're wondering about okay what what am I supposed to give how much am I supposed to give and and where am I supposed to give like where where do I where do I take my money and put it okay if I, if I believe in all this Jordan I believe generosity is great I believe giving is good but then it starts getting a little bit more detailed number 1 I want I want to ask you to ask God for direction and vision in your stewardship You have got to pray You have got to seek God, not a man, okay? You gotta seek God. You've got to ask God to speak directly to your heart. And and for some of you, soften your heart to even the concept of, of giving money to a church, to people. Let me tell you something, some of you cannot give 20 bucks to the person on the side of the road because you're like, I don't know what they're gonna do with that 20 bucks. Did Jesus say, don't give money unless you know what they're gonna do with it? He did not, he didn't. So if the guy takes the money and goes and buys booze, just gonna throw that out there. The reason I say that is because I've been there. I've got a couple of more minutes. A few years ago, I I was stopped at a stoplight and you know, whenever people start walking up and down your cars and, and what do we do? We roll up the window, right? We do the whole like, <laughs> on the phone, on the phone, right? And uh, I sat there and the person was sitting there and, and, and I had like, I don't know, 20 bucks, whatever in my wallet. And I had that little, just, you know, come on, believers, y'all know, that give them 20 bucks, just to give him 20 bucks, small voice, still small voice, give him 20 bucks. I was like, turn up the radio. You know what I'm talking about? Y'all know, y'all know. And um, long story short, I did not. And I drove away and I felt like a cinder block got placed on my back. I was convicted. I mean, it was bad. It was bad. It was a few days. And I had to repent. And it affected me so much that if, if, you know, and I'm just sharing just one small thing for me. If, if, I, am, if I am at a, a position like that and I have cash in my wallet, if I drive away and I don't give something, it's, it's just something that God's done. I'm not putting this on you guys. It's for me. It's one of those things. And I have about 15 of these, okay, that God put on me and he's like, you know, why, like, why wouldn't you? Like, what caused you in that moment to say that? Just no, instead of yes. Do you remember lordship is just one big yes, right? What, what caused me to say no? Well, I'd like to say that it was greed, just greed. God has called us not to operate in that. Ask God for direction. And then a couple of other thoughts. Um, I believe some of you, a great template or a goal for you, uh, maybe in your finances to get to would be a place where you could, you could operate in some sort of like the 80-10-10 principle in your life and to where you are living off 80% of what you make, you're, you're saving 10% and then you're giving 10%. I believe that that's a great place. Some of you, if <laughs> you're like, if I did that right now, I would not eat, okay? Like I, that is ridiculous. And I'm not saying that like snap your fingers and, and you can get to that place. I'm just saying like, what's your plan, I guess? What, what's your plan to get to a place where you are living generously? where you can operate in what, what God is, is, is teaching here. But here's the thing about living generously is that it's really always sacrificial. It is. Okay, I mean, <laughs> when you're giving, it costs you something. And so for some of you, it, it, costs, it, it, it feels like it, it costs you a little bit more. But what, what's your plan to start living generously? What's your plan to start, start giving? Others of you, that concept of 80-10-10, that right there, you're like, that sounds great because that's not difficult for you. You're in a place in life where there's really not a lot of pressure. And so you give out of your abundance, right? And, and if you know the Bible, you know that Jesus actually had a situation where there was a lady, she was a widow, and she came up and there was this, there was this service happening and all these people were bringing all their money and they were tooting their own horns and like, woo. And uh, all of a sudden this, this lady walks up and puts two mites, just hardly anything into the, the offering plate, okay? Put hardly anything in there. And Jesus like shut down the party. He's like, disciples, y'all come here real quick. I wanna show you something. I wanna, you know, all these people and they're, they're giving all this money, but you see this lady right here? Like she's given more than anybody. And they're like, Jesus, you're crazy, you know? You're crazy. And he's like, no, I'm not. You see, she gave out of her lack. They gave out of their abundance. It's all about the heart. (laughs) It's about where you're coming from. It's about saying yes to God, not about impressing people. Okay. And I'm just trying to make sure that we're getting that today. But I believe that sacrifice is a huge part of generosity. When you give, do you feel it? Do you feel it? And are you stewarding what God has given you to to bless others in a great way? Are you blessing people in your life? I wanna go back to 1 Timothy 6 and read the scripture as we close. It says, they are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. I believe generosity defines the heart of God so well. I really do. I believe it's, it's just it's who he is and it's what he's done and he proved it through Jesus, where he gave Jesus, his only son, to a bunch of people who had absolutely nothing to offer. Nothing. He gave his best for our worst. I mean, it's just a beautiful exchange But we had nothing to offer. And and guys, honestly, we still have nothing to offer. The Bible talks about everything that we have to give, even our best, is still like filthy rags. It's still disgusting. It still falls way short of the standard that God has, but through his grace and through his mercy, through his generosity. Like we have hope, we have purpose. And so even though we've talked a lot about stewarding and and generosity, I I wanna tilt the script a little bit and I believe that some of you today, before you say yes about you know, giving a, a dollar or yes to, to any of that generosity and all that, you need to surrender your heart to God and realize how generous he's been and he loves you and he's here for you. I wanna give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus today. So go all three locations. Let's just all bow our heads and close our eyes. And if you're in this, this place, if you're listening, maybe you're watching online, and God's just dealing with you. And you say, I need, to, I need to make some changes today. I need to say yes to follow Jesus. I'm gonna pray a prayer in a moment. And I just want you in your heart just to say yes. Even right now, just say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for redeeming me. Thank you for giving me a way where there was no way. Come on, in your own words, right? I just say, God, I give you my heart. I give you all that I am. My successes, my failures, my sin. And God, I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for your grace. And right now I receive your free gift of salvation. I thank you for it. God, I pray that you would renovate my heart, that you would change my thinking Like the scripture said, change me from the inside out. Reveal your heart to me. I give you all that I am and I lean into you today. Right now, I wanna pray for all of us because I believe that we need a greater heart of generosity operating in us. I believe that a lot of us have, we've gotten to a place of comfort, where we give a certain amount of our time, we give a certain amount of our effort, certain amount of our money, whatever it is, we give a certain amount. And, and for even some of us, we might've been in that, that stat where over the, the last few years, all of those percentages are really dropping. We're being distracted. We're being we're just distracted and, and, and looking other ways and, and placing our efforts and our lives really into something that's less valuable. And I believe that for some of you, Some of you, God's saying, hey, look, I want you to divert your attention back to me. I want you to give back to me what's really really rightfully mine in the first place. So right now, just open up your heart. Say, God, I pray that you would open up my mind, open up my heart to hear from you. God, I pray for each person that you'd begin to show us areas in our lives where we have been uh, clenched fisted, God, where we have been greedy. And Lord, would you test our hearts? Would you test our motives, God, and help us to live in the lane of generosity, not in the lane of greed? God, we declare right now that everything that we have is yours in the first place. So God, we, we freely give, we cheerfully give because you, you first gave. God, I pray that Northwood Church, all three locations would be known as a church that is generous, God, that we are a church who operates in true generosity. God, as a church that that the the resources and the things that you give to us to steward, that we would steward well, and that, God, we would turn around and sow it right back into your kingdom, God, that we would be a conduit for you. Lead us and guide us. God, I pray that you continue to stir up a servant's heart in our church, that you stir up a servant's mindset in the way that we we look at our world, that we look around us. God, not to look through the political lens, not to look through a governmental lens, but God, to look through a generous and a biblical lens. Change our hearts. We submit all that we are to you today. God, we thank you for each and every person who gave their life to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Come on. Come on. Give it up for those who gave their hearts to God today. If you just made that decision, let me be the first to say congratulations. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God, and we'd love to help you with your next few steps. We're one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, Mississippi. If you're in one of those areas, we'd love to see you at one of our live services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv, for service times and directions. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time.